This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week about uh, what's going on in the value area because we really just want to know where are all the cheap stocks. But first, I do want to let you all know that I have ordered a new copy of The Intelligent Investor. Yes, that's the Bible of value investing by Benjamin Graham from like way back the 1930s or or early 40s is when it first came out, I think. Uh, This is the fourth edition and I think it it was rewritten in like 2005 or 2006. I can't remember which one, but it was before the Great Recession. And that's been a while. So even this edition is pretty old now. So I have read that edition when that new one came out back in the day. And now I'm kind of eager to see how it's aged now that um, a lot of things have kind of changed. And you'll remember that this is the updated one where they went in and put in some newer examples because obviously Benjamin Graham is no longer with us. He can't do it. So there are other partners on the book now that have been updating it. But I'm excited to get it. And um, then I'm going to do some podcast episodes about what's in it so and whether or not you should be reading it. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one of the upcoming episodes because I do think they're going to be pretty interesting for all the value investors out there. You can get us on uh, Spotify. I know a lot of you are over there subscribing on Spotify. You can get us on Apple Podcast and you can get us two for one under Zach's Market Edge on SoundCloud. Uh, But somewhere, get us so that you're getting all these really great episodes we're going to be doing over this summer. Okay, so back to today's podcast, um, where are all the cheap stocks? So I just did a general screen on these because uh, I kind of wanted to know, you know, what is cheap right now. I didn't look for value traps in this podcast. We've just, I've just done a couple episodes on the traps again. So I'm kind of done with that for right now. So some of these may have some value trap characteristics in them on the earnings side, but they are really cheap. But I did the screen that we've used in the past for just like the classic value stocks. And that's a very narrow screen, if you remember, because the classic metrics are not just the PE, which we've screened with before many times. Sometimes we've included the PE with like the price to sales or the price to book ratios. Usually we didn't include all of them. And in this screen, it's the classic metrics are like extensive. (laughs) So it's PE, it's the PEG, it's price to cash flow, price to book and price to sales ratio. And then on top of that, I put the Zach's rank of number one or number two, which are the uh, buys and strong buys. So that hopefully I'm getting the rising earning estimates in there because that's what we want too. And then on top of that, yes, it gets even more narrow. I added the Zach's Rank Style Score. And that's another metric that we have on Zach's.com. And there's one for value. There's one for growth. There's one for momentum on Zach's.com. Of course, I use the value one. And those have like A, B, C, you know, F rankings, that kind of thing. And so I added A's or B's. So it's both rank of one or two plus the Zach's value score of A or B, which will put it at the top of the value category if it's an A or B. And then I thought, 
right before I ran the screen, like, is anything going to qualify for this one? It usually is very narrow when I've run it. So I have to say I do run the screen all the time because I am interested to know what's going on with these very classic value stocks. And usually it gives me, or recently, I should say, it's been giving me um, 10 and under stocks. Like, so, you know, one to 10 of stocks in here. I've never gotten just one stock on the screen though. Usually it's like five or six, but it's usually under 10. And I have to say this time I was a little surprised. It gave me 15 stocks. That's a lot. It's an embarrassment, an embarrassment of riches, so to speak, in the value area. So remember some of the parameters, like I already listed out some of them for you, but on the actual classic value metrics, uh, this screen uses a P that's a little higher than what I usually use. So it uses a PE of 20 and under. I usually use the 15, but since we have all these other metrics in there, I didn't need to go quite so cheap on the PE on the earnings side of things because I'm getting cheapness on the sales, price to book, all this other stuff. So this one has the 20 and under. And then um, it is also a little narrower on the price to book. It's looking for two and under on the price to book ratio. And I usually screen for three and under. Either one will get you some value in there. Um, but this one's a little bit narrower. Also, I did exclude any stock under $5. Sorry, sorry, all you fans of stocks under five. I've done some podcasts on those too, but not in this one. This is not going to be under five. And, um, you know, so that excluding all those penny stocks or $1 stocks, we know which ones those are. Some of the retailers that are in real real trouble here are, you know, down there around $1. And then in addition to that, I made the average volume be greater than 100,000 uh, shares traded so that it gets a little bit of, you know, some investors in there, something is going on with it. If you're actually interested in either trading it or buying it, it has at least some, um, you know, shares and volume out there. Okay, so again, after screening for all these super particular things, which is very narrow and usually gets me under 10 stocks, I got 15. So I picked out five out of the 15 um, that I thought were kind of interesting here and I'm just was wondering what was going on with them. And they were in a lot of different industries and sectors. So that's also good because that means the beaten down stocks that still have good solid fundamentals with the Zach's rank and the value scores and all of that are not all in just like one sector. So that is good for those of us looking around for some stock ideas. Okay, so let's jump right in. The first one out the gate, I was a little, had some trepidation because I had some post-traumatic stress uh, you know, looking at the ticker from the Great Recession. So this one is AIG, ticker AIG, because it did get into some trouble during the Great Recession. So I have kind of in the back of my mind been ignoring this company for quite some time, but they are in general insurance, life and retirement, big financial company, basically. But they're cheap right here, PE of just 10.7. So that's well under the 20 I was screening for. The peg is 0.97 because it was screening for a peg of one and under. So just makes that level. Price to sales, similar one and under, and it's at 0.96. So both of those just barely making it here. But that's super attractive. Um, year to date, these shares are up 34%. 
So <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have been ignoring it. Insurance, it's been hot, right? We did a whole episode on it. Um, but this is a $45 billion market cap and dividend yield of 2.7% still. So it's got that dividend, um, but a big here. Um, S&P for the year only up about 15%. So it's, it's basically more than doubled the return of the S&P so far this year. So that's our first stock is AIG. If you're looking around again for like the insurance and the financial side, you know, retirement and all of that, this is a big financial. Okay, let's switch over to retail because you knew some of them might be on here despite the problems that some of them are having. So this one is on the furniture side, Ethan Allen is making the cut, ticker ETH. This is on the small cap side, 563 million market cap. Um, I know some of you are probably like, oh, no furniture, tariffs, no issues. I don't want to deal with that. But Ethan Allen does not manufacture in China. It manufactures in the U.S., Honduras, and Mexico. So yes, on the prior threat of tariffs on Mexico, I was a little concerned about Ethan Allen was going to have to be watching that one. And I still have to watch it if if those tariffs were to come into play again on Mexico. Um, but for right now, they are avoiding the China issue. So that's a big deal. Year to date, these shares are up 20.5% again versus S&P 500 of 15. So it is outperforming S&P 500. PE is 13. Point one, peg is 0.9, and price to sales are 0.7. You do get a dividend with this one, yielding 3.6%. Um, that's not too shabby for the dividend yield either. But furniture, I know some of you having questions a little bit up on the upscale side of the a little bit more upscale than some of the others, some of its competitors. And so it's going to be a play on the economy too, the stock market possibly. When you're feeling good about your stock market portfolio, you might go buy that new couch or dining room table or whatever you need for the house. So this is one that will be very economic sensitive. Let's put it that way. Okay, switching over to the auto sector. This time we're going with Ford, ticker S. So year to date, these shares are up 29.4%. So again, almost double what the S&P 500 has done. This got a big dividend yield now, 6.3% because they're kind of rewarding you for sticking around what's going on in the auto industry. PE is cheap, just like General Motors, 7.2. PEG is right at our cutoff, 0.99. So it just got it barely in there. Price to sales, though, is at 0.3. So earnings on, on Ford, I did look to kind of see, is this a value trap here, even though I'm not screening for that. And earnings up 6% expected in 2019. So that's good to see. And then down 0.4% in 2020. But this one too is a lot like the um, Ethan Allen, very sensitive to what's going on in the economy with the consumer um, and then even with interest rates, uh, because you're taking a loan out for that car, you want to know you're going to get some cheap money and not more expensive money. So Ford, um, and we have a lot of tariff issues and all of that going on with the auto manufacturers as well. And people are concerned about peak auto. So that's another issue with the auto manufacturers. But like I said, this one is really cheap. It's paid the big dividend. Um, and 
you know, when I did this screen, there's no guarantees of what's going on behind the screen because we only just screen for the classic fundamentals, basically, and obviously the Zach's rank and style scores. So you really got to do your homework when you're looking at all these and when you're considering, hmm, is that really a company I want to own right here in 2019 with this type of environment? And what, what how can the management respond if there is an economic slowdown, if there's more tariffs, all of these questions. So keep that in mind when you're looking at any of these. Okay, switching on to our fourth stock for today, and it's Greenbrier, ticker GBX. They manufacture the rail cars. They also service them. Rail cars have been interesting. I was in this area because it's very cyclical a couple of years ago. Trinity is one of their competitors. And for some reason, I, I own like 0.9% of a share of Trinity because several years ago I did own Trinity and I sold it out of my own personal portfolio. And then I wasn't paying attention and they had a dividend payout and I had owned the shares through the dividend hold period. So suddenly I got like half of a share and it's just kind of sitting there because it costs me like more money to sell <laughs> my half a share or actually now that I think about it, my broker will not let me sell it because it's not a full share yet. So I could buy more. I really didn't want to do that. So long story short, this one is cyclical. It's been around all of the Greenbrier Trinity have had ups and downs for quite some time now. This is a small cap, $930 million, but a little bit on the larger side of the small caps. Year to date, though, these shares are down 27.4%. So they're not in the same category as some of the other ones I just mentioned. So that's maybe why it's so cheap here. Earnings expected to decline 12.4% for this fiscal year. So they're on the fiscal calendar here, but up 8.5% for next year as maybe the bottom has been hit on the earnings decline. This is what these rail car companies do. Um, the rail car uh, customers order a bunch of rail cars when um, things pick up in the economy. So they did right after the Great Recession, basically. And then they usually don't need them for a while again. So then the cycle cycles down and then production you know, falls, there's less orders, all of this happens, earnings decline, and then it turns around and goes the other way again. So we've been kind of waiting for the last couple of years for these rail car makers to actually hit the bottom. And I'm, I don't know, you know, nobody knows if this coming fiscal year will finally be it. The estimates are kind of indicating maybe, but um, there's been some false signals in the past. So for instance, when Greenbrier last reported in April, because they're on the fiscal year, they're about to report again, actually, at the end of June, early July here. But in April, they cut their full year guidance. So that was, you know, contributing to this big downturn in the shares as well, because maybe it's not really the bottom yet. I don't know, but it is cheap. That's why I qualified for the screen. So the PE is at eight, the peg is 0.8 and price to sales is just 0.4. Also, additionally, just recently they announced they were buying the manufacturing business of American rail car industries. That ticker is ARI for those interested in checking that one out. They're buying that for $430 million. It's unclear how soon that would be accretive to the earnings. People got a little bit excited that it might be like right away, but some of the analysts are saying it may not be. It might be too much optimism. Um, also, Greenbrier might have some production exposure in Mexico. 
obviously the tariffs are off the table right now, but if those come back on, who knows how that's going to play. But isn't almost every company going to have some kind of exposure to some of the tariffs? I feel like that is probably the case. Um, But that's something to keep in mind with Greenbrier. Again, the ticker is GBX and they're about to report again. So if you're interested in this one, you're going to want to tune in to that next report. Oh, and they do pay a dividend to keep you loyal for sticking around. It's yielding 3.7%. So that's pretty big up there um, given the fact that these shares are down so big this year though. So um, just keep that in mind as well. Okay, we're going to switch over to the retail side for our final stock. And um, this is a second retailer, but it is on the dreaded apparel footwear accessory side. Zoomies is the company Z-U-M-Z. Now, um, if you're not, if you're over the age of say 25, you may not know of this company, but they do have 707 stores worldwide. 606 are in the U.S., 50 in Canada, 42 in Europe, and nine in Australia. They they actually have three different brands: Zoomies, Blue Tomato, and Fast Times. If you're familiar with any of those, wherever you're listening to us, maybe you might be. And they just reported. Um, first quarter earnings, and it looked pretty solid, actually. I was kind of surprised um, because the apparel side has been so shaky, really, to start this year, but apparently not on um, people under the age of 25. Men and women, they are buying and they're going to Zoomies to do it. So the comps for the first quarter were up 3.3%. So right there, that's a solid comp because almost nobody's doing over the 3% really for this more recent quarter, given the weather and everything else going on. But that's on top of 8.3% from a year ago. So last year, super hot comps. It's very hard to comp over the comp, as they say, (laughs) to do it again. And they still managed to do another 3.3%. So really, if you're adding it up, that's 11.6% comparable sales growth over the last two years. That's really strong for apparel retail. And um, they also said they had really strong performance in the last two months of the quarter. So that helped boost things. That is what a lot of apparel retailers were saying that the start of the quarter was just awful and then did get better. So they have said that. And then they provided May um, comps, even though that was after the end of the quarter. So May comps up 2.4% through June 1st. And that one is comping on top of 7.5% from a year ago. So there may a year ago, 2018 was really strong. Also seeing very strong numbers, 2.4. Again, uh, that is 9.9% year over year comps for the month of May. That's really strong. So year-to-date, these shares up 17.6%. They lost some of their mojo as everybody started panicking about apparel and the retail side. Over the last three months, they're down 8.3%. So they've come back down, giving maybe what is the buying opportunity for those who are looking for retail uh, top performers, so to speak. Those that are um, you know, maintaining their um, superiorities in their category. And Zoomies with these kind of comps, I have to say, is, you know, holding on to the top in the leadership on the apparel side. Of course, that can all change tomorrow as consumers are such 
uh, you know, they'll turn on a whim, let's put it that way. But Zoomies has been able to do it for the last two years. So how cheap is it? The PE is at 11.8. And again, we were screening for under 20 and we didn't even get any that in this five that were over 15. So the, the 20 and under didn't really matter with our screen. Peg is 0.9. Price to sales is 0.6. 580 million market cap. So it is on the small side. And so you could get whipped around a lot in the smaller cap retail, especially as they don't tend to announce much news in between their earnings reports. So everybody sits out there and they're like, oh, retail's doing really bad, especially apparel. Zoomies must be doing really bad too. We haven't heard anything for a couple months. Oh no, it's bad, it's bad. And then, you know, we get a good report. In this case, we got it in early June here. And um, that should help the shares here. But you got to have a strong stomach if you're going to own these small cap retailers, any of them. I've covered some of the others and I've owned some of them in the value investor portfolio here at Zach's. And I just couldn't hang on because they're like up and down and everybody gets spooked at the tariffs and, you know, some other retailer reporting not so great numbers and they sell off everything. So, yeah, retail is hard. Right now, it's hard to take a longer-term outlook, but try to buy the retailers like a couple that I've given you here today that are values because uh, maybe you're getting it at a slightly better price. Doesn't mean there isn't further downside, as we all know, but it helps to get it at the cheaper price always. So um, like I said, there's a lot of diversity in the stock picks this this time. And so I was pleased to see that because we could get in a lot of different areas here, even though we do have two retailers in this group of five. There weren't, um, let me think, I don't think there was any other retails on the group of 15 now that I think about it. But I did pick two of them here for this group of five. And um, because I do think they're cheap and they're not all doomed or having a rough time of it. So let's recap those tickers. We had AIG, if you're looking on the finance side, that's ticker AIG. Ethan Allen is furniture retail, ETH. Ford is showing up for the automakers, ticker F. And Greenbrier on the rail cars is GBX. Very cyclical on that one again. You're going to want to tune in to that earnings report coming up at the end of June, early July. And then Zoomies is Z-U-M-Z, and that's apparel retail for young men and women, it says on its site. So I'm assuming that's probably under 25, maybe under 30 if you're stretching it a little bit, but um, they are hot right now. So again, remember, you want to make sure you're tuned in to all of our podcasts for the summer of 2019 because I'm getting my Intelligent Investor book and I'm going to be um, doing a couple podcast episodes on it, like what's in it, should you read it, um, what are the tips in it so that you don't have to necessarily read it and how can we apply what is many people consider to be the Bible of value investing to 2019. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Again, get us on Spotify. You can also get us on Apple Podcasts under the Value Investor Podcast. And you can also get us two for one on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge. But I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.